0: Well, you'll forgive the terrible pun, but there is something magical happening in Quebec City this week, and it's the first time it's happened in this country. Magicians from around the world are there to compete in the Federation Internationale des Sociétés Magiques or FISM World Championship, something called the Olympics for magicians. It's been held every three years, I believe since 1948, though this one was delayed by the pandemic. And again, it's the first time the event has been held outside of Europe or Asia. Thousands from around the world are there. There are 110 competing for the title of the world's best, including two Canadians. A victory can be a life-altering moment for a magician, as my next guest knows very well. Here's Robert Urich introducing him on a show called World's Greatest Magic not long after he won that 1994 title in Japan. You've before, but you have never seen anything quite like this next performer. A few months ago, the magicians of the world gathered in Yokohama, Japan to select the finest among them. And the man you're about to see was awarded Finest Magician General Magic. He's from Canada, and he's got more surprises than a Hitchcock movie. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Fruin. <laughs> Yeah, I went back to look for that. It's a great moment. The, the, the routine, the, the, the actual magic show that's put on after is unbelievable. We'll talk about that. Joining me now is Greg Fruin, Canadian magician, the man behind Niagara's Greg Fruin Dinner Theater, and winner of the 1994 FISM World Championships of Magic. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Hey, no problem. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm I'm well. I'm not the one who drove back from Quebec City today, so it's uh, <laughs> it was a long so much- one. Wow. That's a long one from Niagara to Quebec. What was it like? I mean, this is uh, this is not something I'd really heard much about. It, it's a big deal.
1: Well, it is a very big deal, and as a matter of fact, uh, you know, for the fact that it was in North America for the first time, and actually Canada is so huge, it was so incredible.
0: What's it? What's it like? I mean, it's. I, I, I was reading about it. It's called the Olympics for magicians. But how does it?
1: How does it shake down? Well, I'll, I'll say it this way: the top magicians of the world are all there. Um, and whether they're competing or have competed, uh, there's magicians from every country, and this is the elite. And so to get into this competition is, number one, uh, amazing on its own. But to be able to kind of get to that elite level and compete and then win, there's nothing more like it. it, it it's an amazing thing. And uh, when, I, when I won and competed in 1994, it was my dream to win, and when it came true, uh, it was just amazing. It was an amazing thing.
0: Yeah, I watched that actually on, uh, there's a, you can look it up on YouTube. I mean, you know this, there's a Japanese TV version of it and it's remarkable to see you go through that routine because it's such a fantastic, uh, I don't know if you call it an actor, but the bird act is such an amazing, we can talk about that in a minute, but uh, there's some Canadians there, I know, and you have a student there too, don't you?
1: Uh, Yes. So uh, I have a student, she's actually from mainland China and she was uh, brought to me because of my work with the birds that I do. And uh, she had her own act at the time. Four years ago, she came to me and started to learn how to get to that elite level and learn how to be more creative. So over the last four years, we've been working together. And uh, she competed yesterday, I think around 11, And she did amazing. Like, I can't even imagine how well uh, she did. I knew it was going to be good, but it just, she blew them away. Two standing ovations. They were screaming. It was awesome. It was so, so good to see. Um,
0: because watching yours and watching some of the others, I mean, when one thinks of magic, sometimes you think of like card tricks and so on, but this is a full-on performance. And, the, and you know, watching what you've done as well, I mean, these are their acts and pacing. And what is the secret behind a very, very good routine, one that's that, at that elite level?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing, obviously, is the work. The work ethic has to be above and beyond what most people would think. Uh, And in this case, one of the things that I said when when we started to work together before I agreed was that I wanted to make sure she would put the work in. I don't want to be the harder one working on this. I don't want to be the one staying up at night trying to fix things or create things. I want her to be just as involved and be able to practice and get to that level, which she did. And she did it amazing.
0: Because in your case, I imagine it just takes... How much practice does it take? I mean, for instance, the 1994 routine that, that that won you the world championship, how much, you know, blood, sweat and tears was that?
1: You know, it really was, uh, I mean, I wouldn't know how many hours, but we put years in my wife and I, cause she was also in the act and right. it came down the last year alone. I worked every day on the act, practice it every day. And I had a ritual. I would do so many rehearsals in the morning, so many in the afternoon, and then so many in the evening. And near the end, and I was going to sound really funny, I didn't even want to take my, my, my jacket or my clothes or any of my outfit to the dry cleaner because I'd miss a few days of, of rehearsal. So it was very important to do that every day and get to that, you know, to that level where you were so confident you didn't have to worry.
0: What is it like then to then perform it in front of your peers uh, and, and for a life altering, uh, I mean, potentially a life altering moment if you happen to win?
1: Well, I mean, the initial uh, when I competed in the initial competition, I competed in a few uh, smaller competitions before I went to FISM, and so I had a little bit of uh, a little bit of experience and had a little bit of uh, knowledge on what it was going to be like. But when I hit that stage in Japan, it was it was the most. I mean, I was nervous, of course, but then the energy hit once I got on stage, and I can still remember how that felt. Now, what the interesting thing was, I haven't done the act for almost ten years now, mm-hmm. and because FISM was here in Canada, I decided, uh, because I was on the show the other night, I opened the show and I was the MC and the host. I pulled it out and I rehearsed it and got it back to where it was. And I did it for the opening of the show. But The cool thing was, when the curtain opened and people saw the act, before I even got on stage, they started cheering and clapping. And it was a really a cool feeling because they hadn't seen it in that many years and they were so excited that I brought it back out. So it was really exciting.
0: And you just, and it just you you you're able to to find it again that quickly because it it, it looks i mean obviously if you're not a magician it, it's remarkable right it's magic um but you're able just to pick it back up after ten years
1: well I mean not right away it took a little bit of of, of practice, but not like it did back in the day now remember after I won i i performed that act for almost 20 years and I would say probably over 15,000 performances I, I would probably estimate so you know there's a lot of muscle memory and there's a lot of things that were easy to get back real quick the hard part for me was uh, the concentration of knowing what comes next and the music and the timing so that took about a month and a half working in my theater every night uh, but I got it back and uh, I, I'm really glad to say it went perfect and uh, it got a great reaction so I was really really excited to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean I imagine for for that crowd it's a bit like seeing Robert Plant play Stairway to Heaven or something it's it's, it's 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 legendary at this point isn't it?
1: Yeah, and you know what the weird thing is like people don't really understand that magicians we're a very close knit group and we have uh we really have a respect level that I don't think a lot of other uh industries uh, entertainment industries have and so that respect level goes a long way. And for the to have almost 2,000 magicians clapping and cheering at the beginning of the act before you even start is pretty cool. And so, yeah, it's a great, I mean, being a magician and being in the magic community is just such a great thing. I, I've i always wanted to be a magician, so this is my dream.
0: It seems to, has it changed much since, I mean, obviously everything has changed quite a bit since 1994, but what has changed since then and what's the trajectory been uh, even since you were doing some, you know, when you first went to FISM?
1: Well, you know, actually one of the biggest things, and we had a really great discussion about this uh, at the convention, is how social media and platforms that allow us to, uh, you know, and back in the day, for example, when I was on World's Greatest Magic, that was one of the only TV shows you could get on. So it was very difficult for magicians to get seen. Now we have so many more avenues and so many more ways uh, to get to our, to our uh, you know, fans and to be able to show our magic um, so I think it's really changed that way. It also allows us to then be more creative because now we're not just stuck worrying about getting into one show or one theater. We have so much more platforms and things that we can do. So the art is really changing fast and it's really growing and it's a really good thing because I, uh, you know, magic's one of those universal, uh, I mean, people from all around the world, no matter what nationality age, uh, they love magic. So it's really cool.
0: Yeah. I should mention, I mean, it's very hard to do, to do your act justice on the radio. Obviously (laughs) I I suggest people should watch the bird act, Greg Fruin's bird act, watch it. It's great. But it's, 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 there's no, there's no narration in it. It's, it's anybody in the world could watch that. There's no language.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the great thing about magic. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we do talk in magic and we do tricks that we will, you know, communicate with the audience that way, but magic's a very universal thing because it's a visual art uh, and I think one of the things that people, you know, including myself, when we see a really good magician do something, like, for example, floating a lady, you know, it makes us dream and want to, you know, because we always have these fantasies of doing these cool things in life, flying, or, you know, we can name a whole list of things. And I think it's really cool when you see a magician because you get that excitement. <laughs>
0: I'm talking to Greg Fruin. He's a Canadian magician, the man behind Niagara's Greg Fruin Dinner Theater and winner of the 1994 FISM World Championships of Magic. Those World Championships, it stands for Fédération Internationale des Sociétés Magiques or the International Federation of the Society of Magicians, I guess. It's their World Championships. It's being held in Quebec City. As Greg was pointing out, the first time it's ever been held in North America, let alone Canada. It's usually held in Europe or Asia. He won the 1994 championship. When we come back, we'll just talk a bit more about uh, where magic is going these days and what it's like just be back on stage in Niagara and welcoming people back after after some years where I'm sure you weren't able to do that. That's next. And magic is the topic we're on this half hour. Greg Fruin is my guest. He's a Canadian magician. The man behind Niagara's Greg Fruin Dinner Theatre and the winner of the 1994 FISM World Championships of Magic, (laughs) essentially the Olympics of Magic. They are going on, that very same competition is going on right now in Quebec City. It's the first time it's been held in North America, the first time it's been held in Canada, obviously. And uh, Greg was just there. He actually brought out his award-winning or his championship winning act uh the bird act again for the first time in a decade uh, to open up uh the uh the the FISM, um event in quebec city a few days ago um what what's it like to be able to, to just go back to to doing what you do i know that uh, obviously like all of us during the pandemic you probably had to um have had to limit limit your your work but now i guess you're you're welcoming folks back to Niagara
1: well yeah, you know, it was tough. I mean, the entertainment industry got hit probably the hardest. Uh we were shut down for a long time and as a performer, the hard part is is uh, you know, one part of our job is to make people happy. We want to when we do our shows, we want to have them take take away from their daily problems and daily life and be able to take them uh, on, a, on a journey, and be able to enjoy and and all, you know, ultimately have a great time. And during the pandemic, obviously, we couldn't do that, and most people uh, were stuck at home and, and couldn't even communicate with each other. But uh, we're back open now, and what's great is I think people are really appreciating, even more than they used to, uh, the fact that they can you know go out, see a show, be around people, and really enjoy laughter and good entertainment uh, all in all in an evening. So it's been really, really great to be back on stage. I, I
0: kept thinking when I was watching some of the videos just of, of, of your acts, how did you start? How, what, was the first, what was the first magic trick you ever did? Or did you fall in love with it at first sight? Was it one of those things?
1: Uh, kind of. My, my grandfather was a bit of an amateur magician, did a few little tricks, coin tricks. And then I got a little magic kit for Christmas. And then one year, and this is what's really great because Uh, Because of FISM being in in Quebec and in Canada and being the first time in North America, uh, what got me started in Magic, my grandfather then took me to see Doug Hennings in Toronto when I was 11 years old. And I remember this. I remember that show today. Uh, I can still remember it. But when I left the theater, I told him, I said, you know, I want to be like him. I want to be a magician when I get older. And so that really was where it all started.
0: That's. It. I, I think I saw Dung heading I felt the same thing as well. I think I had the same magic kit, but Greg, I was a terrible, I don't know what it was. There's a gift and I don't, I never had it. So uh, that's, that's uh, yeah.
1: Well, you know, and I'll be honest with you. When I started in magic, when I was young at that age, I wasn't very good either. And, uh, but when you're young, you know, you, 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 you just, you have that passion and it, you know, it, it drives you. And uh, for me, it just meant more and more practice. So, uh, you know, you weren't alone at the beginning. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Um, so big things. So by the time, I mean, this was really life altering when you won this. I know you've been now been around the world. You were on TV. I was watching some of the clips. Uh, you must be pretty excited for all those you watched over the last few days on stage at this current event, because there could be some really interesting things ahead for them.
1: Well, yeah. And you know what? It's great. Uh, now that I'm uh, getting near the end of my career, not end, but you know, and later on in my career, it's really great to see the young, younger magicians with the same passion and drive that I had when I was a kid. Because it makes me, you know, kind of go back and relive some of that myself. Uh, So this past week has been such an amazing week, especially the fact that we've had to, you know, uh, we were delayed by COVID. Uh, It was really great to get back and watch the energy, watch the passion, and watch these young magicians uh, strive to to be the best. And ultimately, they all want the same thing I did. They just want to be a great magician and be able to entertain people. So it's really, really been a great week, and we really had a great time there. And, and, and any
0: any predictions I, I suppose I suppose you you don't want to do you know when, when do they announce the winner? how does that work
1: so it actually works in a two stage process tomorrow night they'll announce the first place in each category there's uh seven or eight i think categories right and then on Saturday, those first place winners go back and they recompete again for what they call the coveted grand Prix. So what that means is it's, even though you've won your category, you now compete against the other categories to see who's the best of the best.
0: So, so what kind of, I mean, it must have to be not only magically as your bird act was magically perfect, but also theatrically perfect as well. It must be hard to I mean, you must know it when you see it. You must know great when you see it, but uh, it, it must be tough to come up with to be so perfect.
1: Yeah. And you know, the hard part is, is what people like, our job is a, an interesting job because we have to make the tough things look easy and the easy things look tough, which sounds really weird, but if you think about it, you know, if someone's escaping from something, we have to make that look even tougher than it is. But if I'm doing a sleight of hand piece that might be really tough, i got to make that look really easy and almost flawless. So it's kind of a weird thing that we have to sort of think about when we're creating our magic. Uh, but ultimately, the package that holds it all together, the entertainment – like magic's our tool, we have to learn how to create the entertainment side so the audience enjoys it. Because just doing a magic trick, for example, standing there with just a regular uh, jeans and t-shirt and no music would be good. But adding all that theatrical elements together and making it choreographed together, that's what really makes it great.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was amazed at how much magic has, I mean, Doug Hedding was great, but it's amazing how much magic has evolved even since his time.
1: Well, true. But here's what's really interesting. Like a lot of, you know, if you go back in history, Doug Hennings, actually uh, magic was on the way out, not the way out, but it it wasn't on TV. Uh, It wasn't popular. Most magicians back in those days that were working will tell you that, you know, there were birthday parties, maybe the odd banquet, but there wasn't review shows and Las Vegas shows. But Doug Hennings was the guy that turned it and made it cool. And I think he was the one that actually, uh, we wouldn't be here today talking to the level we were, or were are if it wasn't for him. But he made magicians think, okay, we got to think out of the box now. It's not just about the magic. There's more to this. There's theater. There's, there's entertainment. So I really think, Doug, uh, and I think when you look back, he did some amazing modern magic as well. So yeah, hats off to him.
0: And uh, Greg fruit I, I can imagine there's people who've watched your stuff who felt the very same thing. <laughs> Over the years, well, you must have been you know,
1: told that. I, yeah, and I did get, I mean, it was really great to be able to do the, the old act back again. And mm-hmm. a lot of people came up to me and said, you know, when I was young, I watched you on The World's Greatest Magic and it inspired me. And it was so great to see that live because there's a lot of younger magicians that haven't been able to see that live. So it was a really great feeling. And I, you know, I drove all day and, and got home just about two hours ago. I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight still because I'm such on a high of what's <laughs> happened this week.
0: It's great to hear that. All these years later, I mean, 1994 is a ways back now that all these years later doing that act and then getting the reaction that you, that you always get is still such a, such a charge. It's, it's inspiring.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I agree, but it was a risk too, because you know what, they might've looked at this old guy walking out on stage and go, Hey, what's he doing out here? Are you doing that old thing again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Will you do it again?
1: (laughs) Would I do it again? I, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, Uh, I mean, I did it special because it was in Canada, but I'm not sure if I'm going to continue doing it. I think it's time to maybe put things to bed that, you know, that are, that are what they were, you know?
0: Well, if if you haven't seen, listeners, if you haven't seen Greg Fruin, The Bird Act, I mean, there's many other good, I'm sure you've done lots of great other magic over the years, but if you get a chance to watch it, it's well worth watching. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time tonight. I really appreciate your insight into this.
1: I appreciate it too. And thanks for uh, having us on the show today.